everybody and welcome back to Baseball Connection. So I want to talk a little bit about a couple different things. Talk about players who are hot, teams that are doing well, some of the action from Friday night, so on and so forth. So let's begin. Let's begin with Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts. Haven't talked about him too much this season, but it's time to because he started off kind of slow, but after the first couple of the couple of weeks he rounded into form and now we are seeing mvp level of play from mookie yet again the dodgers are finally experiencing peak mookie bets the former mvp is showing that exact same type of production again so we look at mookie's numbers his first two seasons in la 2020 and 2021 he was good i mean he had 273 with a 511 slugging percentage. Of course, the Dodgers won it all in 2020, and he played really well in the playoffs. But he hadn't had a stretch quite like this one. Right now, Mookie's hitting on all cylinders at the plate. Over the past month, he's been one of the best players in baseball, and he recently had a streak with a run scored in 12 straight games, and he's hitting a lot of homers too. I mean... If you just look through his first 15 games, he had a bit of a slow start. He was hitting 203 with a 686 OPS. But since then, 28 games since then, he's hitting 345 and 11 with an 1126 OPS and 11 homers. That's more like it. That's more like it. I mean, there were times in 2020 when he was playing good baseball, but I mean, over the last 30 days, he's as good as he's been as good as anybody in the league. Absolutely, he's crushing the ball. Absolutely crushing the ball and giving us that gold glove defense. You know, one thing about Mookie that's been consistent his whole career has been his strikeout rate. He's been 80th, 88th percentile or better in strikeout rate every year since 2015. And that represents each full season of his career. He had a 16.8% strikeout rate last season and a 13.8% strikeout rate in 2020. But, you know, ever since he got on this hot streak the past month, he's at a 12.8% strikeout rate. So he's at the 93rd percentile on the season. He doesn't strike out a whole lot, and he's hitting for power. That's one thing we're seeing with Mookie. He's hitting for power. He did it with the Red Sox. When Mookie was with the Red Sox, that's what set him apart. Not just someone with really good defense and a good hit tool, but the home run ball right now. Betts is at 13 homers on the year. We've seen him, you know, with his career high, 32 homers when he won the MVP back in 2018. So, yeah, he's in the ball out of the yard. He's on pace for, you know, for another 30-plus homer season and giving them the gold glove defense in right field. So, great stuff from Betts. The Dodgers are happy to see that. That's why they paid him. The big bucks. Moving on, there is an incident before the Giants and Reds game in Cincinnati. So Major League Baseball is investigating a pregame altercation that occurred on Friday afternoon between the Reds' Tommy Pham and the Giants' Jock Peterson. So Tommy Pham was scratched from Cincinnati's lineup shortly before first pitch because he agreed to sit out pending MLB's investigation. Apparently, Tommy Pham slapped Jock Peterson in the face 
they met out in left field and you know peterson said fam confronted him and slapped him on the face over a dispute involving the fantasy football league that included both players as participants last year so peterson i just watched the interview of peterson talking about it after the game it was literally just a fantasy football dispute where they were arguing about the rules and whether or not you could bench a player who was injured or something like that about stashing injured players just a very petty petty thing to to be arguing about i don't know what the thing is with tommy fan but he's not uh he hasn't really had a good year all things considered i mean he said he was going to go out there and play for his numbers put up you know yeah good numbers to make more money but so far he hasn't and now he's he's going to get into altercations before the game about something completely unrelated about fantasy football. Maybe you could be looking at a suspension now if Major League Baseball decides to punish him. That's that's weird. That's weird. Um, I don't know what to make of this. It's such a strange situation. But let's move on to that game. Let's just go ahead and recap that game anyway. So the Reds won this game 5-1 over the Giants. Their starting pitcher, Graham Ashcraft, was really good. This is a rookie. I think this is like a second, maybe third. Yes, a second big league start, his home debut. And he was great. He delivered six and a third scoreless innings with four hits, two walks, and one strikeout while throwing 92 pitches. So he's ranked as the Reds' number seven prospect. But, I mean... He throws hard. According to StatCast, he hit 101 miles an hour with his cutter twice. And both happened during the first inning. And he averaged 98 miles an hour on a sinker. I'm sorry. He averaged 98 on his cutter. His sinker averaged 96 and topped out at 100. So Grant Ashcraft was getting upper 90s, 100, 101 mile an hour velo, really. 5-1 was the final score for the Reds over the Giants. On the offensive side, they got contributions. Brandon Drury hit his eighth home run of the year off of Rodoncy. Carlos Rodon has been touched up here his last couple starts. Um, Not really too bad on Friday night. Five and a third of three earned runs, but he did give up the home run ball to Brandon Drury there. And Reds steal one from the Giants there. Let's head to Atlanta, where Acuna came off the bench and sparked a Braves rally. The Braves won 6-4 over the Marlins. It was a sold-out crowd in Atlanta, and Acuna didn't start. And, you know, he came off the bench to pinch hit, and the crowd was ready for him. Gets in there, runner on first, and Braves down by a run with two outs. Hits a double down the line and ties the game. You love to see that. You love to see that. Um, you know, Acuna has been good this season. He returned from a torn right ACL exactly a month ago. He played 10 games, tweaked his left groin, missed five games, then played seven more games before waking up on Wednesday morning with a sore right quad. So he missed a third straight start on Friday, but coming off the bench, he created enough encouragement that you know, they decided they would bring him off the bench and he did so and delivered. Braves end up winning this game after they would tie it on, on Acuna's double. 
and they would win the game 6-4. Austin Riley hit his 10th home run. William Contreras continued to hit. He delivered an RBI double. And then Travis Demerit snapped an 0-34 skid with an RBI single in Atlanta's 3-run 5th. But for Acuna, he's having these, these bumps and bruises here and there. I guess that's just part of it when, you're, when you haven't played in a while. And coming off ACL surgery, he returned right around the 8-month mark, which is slightly early you know for acl it's typically going to be nine to 12 months for a return to sport so if he's having a few you know it's a groin strain here quad strain here from his lower half it could just be an imbalance in strength that he's still working to get through i'm sure the training staff has put him through all the testing he needs to to return to play but it's natural it takes a little over a year before you are 100 percent and everything but as far as confidence goes as far as all that um you know the knee is strong you can see that he's stealing bases and everything but you know the quad and the groin stuff hopefully that's just gonna happen in the early going he can get on a rhythm and not miss too many games here as we move through the season the orioles had a come from behind 12-8 win over the red sox on friday the red sox the red sox just I mean, I guess it depends on how you look at it. Either the Red Sox blew the game or the Orioles just charged back. Let's let's speak from the perspective of the winning team, the Orioles. So the Orioles scored 10 unanswered runs to win this game. So that that is showing some resolve. This was at Fenway Park. This was maybe the most improbable comeback we've seen in a while. I mean, this was the Orioles' first come from behind win of at least six runs in nearly six years. And they faced that kind of deficit six runs or more twice on Friday. And entering Friday, they hadn't scored 10 runs in a game this season. And then they did that in the final three innings alone. So big time comeback win for the O's as they stunned the Red Sox in Boston. So what do we have to look forward to? What do we have to look forward to? I mean, I kind of just mentioned the series that we are, that we're in for the weekend. But I mean, some great stuff happening. I did see some of the young players homer on Friday. I saw Julio Rodriguez, who was really heated up for the Mariners. He homered off Verlander. Kyle Lewis is back with the Mariners. He homered off Verlander as well. Taylor Trammell homered off Verlander. Verlander gave up six earned runs in six innings against the Mariners. And Bobby Witt Jr. also homered. I saw him. He felt a double shy of the cycle. MJ Melendez. Is also producing for the Royals. He homered. I believe that was his fourth of the year. So a, a nice youth movement around the majors. And you know, I just mentioned the Mariners. I just mentioned the Royals. MJ Melendez is the number one prospect in the Royals organization. That's because Bobby Wood Jr. has graduated from the prospect list. But they're looking at perhaps even promoting even more. There are more guys on the way. You have Nick Prado. You have... Someone by the name of, his last name is Pascatino. Pascatino, Vinny Pascatino. Um, Nick Prado and Vinny Pascatino are the Royals' number two and four prospects. So Prado is hitting with an 805 OPS in AAA. Vinny Pascatino has a 168 weighted runs creative plus. Only two AAA hitters have a higher weighted runs creative plus than Pascatino. But I'm just thinking, where are they going to find the positions to play these guys? I mean, Pascatino is a former 11th round draft pick from 2019. 
And um, not to say he's not ready, but he just doesn't have that many at-bats in the upper minors. Only 352 at-bats in the upper levels. That's double-A AA and triple-A combined, including this year. Nick Prado, you know, he's a he's a corner guy. He's a first baseman, really. But first base is kind of blocked by a combination of Carlos Santana and Hunter Dozier. So, you know, where are they really going to find space for these guys? I don't. I don't really know. It's it's, it's going to be tough. So we'll see. We'll see what the Royals do. But just mentioning that the prospects who they have called up so far have been very good. Have been very good. So that's going to do it for today, folks. If you enjoyed this, please share it with someone who'd be interested. And we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.